Hello and welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson and I am joined, as always, on the other line by Susan Miller-Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, how's it going? Going quite well on this beautiful afternoon. How are you? Doing pretty good. I'm up in Lakeland right now for uh, some high school basketball. So staked out here for the next couple of weeks like I usually am. Uh, in the final weeks of February into the start of March. Um, a little bit of PTSD because this is like the last place I was before the world like started really caring about COVID um, like a year ago. So yeah, true. a little weird to be back here and very different, obviously. But hopefully hopefully we're getting close to the end as, uh, as our vaccinated friend on the other line can tell us. Well, yeah, I hope... Uh... I hope we're getting close to the end too. <laughs> I'll be, like I always say about everything, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. I think it might I think it might take a while more. I think a lot of people don't want to get vaccinated personally. And um, you know, what can you do? All right. Uh we got a lot uh, kind of a lot to get to for a random week toward the end of February. Obviously, uh spring football's kind of rapidly approaching what March thirteenth. Um Mm-hmm. But for now, uh, we'll, we'll talk some baseball at the end because that was a, a pretty fun weekend series uh, for the Hurricanes up in Gainesville. Um, probably their biggest series win and I don't, I don't even know how long, um, considering how most of the last couple of seasons have gone. Uh, we'll start, though, with um, the news of the week, and that is uh, Miami's second linebackers coaching hire of the offseason, uh, Ishmael Aristide. Aristide. <laughs> We've gone over how to pronounce it. We've decided Aristide. Ishmael. You know, yeah, we're going to do an A, B, and C, right? A is Aristide. <laughs> yeah, we, once I get the confirmation, I can edit out all the wrong ones. Ishmael B, Aristide. Uh, yeah, but B, I, I might be wrong. Someone just from UM just texted me and said that they have a friend at Texas A&M that called him Aristide. Tied, which is so we'll have to ask him once we get to talk to him uh, in the next couple of weeks when spring football starts. Oh, anyway. Wait, wait, David, wait, David, wait. So we got A, Aristide, we got B, Aristide, and C is Ish. And I know for a fact, Ish, that's his name. His Twitter they, call, Coach they, they do call him, that's what they call him, believe it or not, Coach Ish. So, all right, let's go with Ish. We'll go with Coach Ish for today. Um, Spent the last couple of years as a defensive analyst at Texas A&M. Um, comes to Miami is, you know, kind of unproven. Yeah, obviously, yeah. he's well-respected for his work at, at A&M, particularly as a recruiter. And we'll, we'll talk about some of that uh, as we get into this conversation. But he is – when we were talking about the can- the potential candidates last week, we kind of spotlit a bunch of different directions they could go – you know, they could have gone with like a veteran guy, potentially like Randy Shannon or even promoting Bob Shoup. Um, they could have, you know, gone with like someone with real, you know, uh, deep Miami ties, like former players, former you know guys who have coached there before and have some experience. Or the one thing we talked about was the way that Manny has, has really made a lot of his hires on defense this year is the focus on the young, the enthusiastic, the energetic. Uh, and the recruiting ability, uh, it obviously, you know, Travaris Robinson kind of splits the difference as a guy who's has a lot of experience as a defensive coordinator, but still kind of brings that 
uh, energy. Uh, Travis Williams, who was the original guy in this spot. Um, another guy split the difference a little bit again because he had been a co-defensive coordinator at Auburn, but, but still pretty early in his coaching career, a guy on right. the rise. He definitely fit that. Obviously, DeMarcus Van Dyke fit that bill as a guy who is really in his first uh, position coaching job. He'd spent a year at a JUCO uh, a few years back, but at least at a uh, four-year school, a first-timer in this sort of job. And uh, Coach Ish falls in that category as a guy who I think people think highly of and, and think could be really good, um, but just as inexperienced. And uh, where, where do you kind of come down on the hire? I, again, like I said, I, I think it's kind of the sort of move we expected. Well, I yes, I agree. I, I, really, mention, I don't mention him I specifically, don't. but we mentioned Jamar Cheney, who, who sort of like, it fits the same mold. Yeah, I like. I don't know Coach Ish. Um, I know he was born in Miami. I know that he recruit at Texas A&M. He, yep. he was recruiting the South Florida guys, which is important, obviously. Uh, and so he knows this area. And I also know that his father is Wallace is the principal at Miami Northwestern High, which is something I'm interested in personally. And I uh, so I think that's that's really big, believe it or not, that, that family connection um, at, you know, in the secondary schools, in the high school, in a high school where Miami, you know, has been known to get plenty of players. So um, more players than from Miami Northwestern than, than any other school in this current recruiting class. So, yeah, I, I, I always think, yeah, I definitely. So um, I always think it's Corey Harris and all those guys that year. But um, um, yeah, so I, I think that, again, without really knowing him, and mo most people around here don't know him, um, I think uh, I, I, I'm going with Manny Diaz and, and his decision making. And I do think it was smart that he left, um, so, you know, Shoop and some of the older guys, you know, like he had, there was a reason he did that you know, putting them in the background there to help him. Um, I, I think it's smart that he, he kept that because that was his plan going in um, and then bring the younger guy onto the field. We'll see. We'll see what happens again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he graduated from uh, Purdue in 2013, I believe. Uh, yes, yes. I don't think we and know so his exact age, but that puts him about 30. So like he's He's another yeah. young guy on this staff full of young guys. And he was, and, and he was not, he was a, he was an academic all big 10. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with having a smart guy coaching. Yeah. A lot of those academic all conference guys end up typically being, you know, following that coaching trajectory at some point. Right. Um, right. Miami native, as we noted, his, his father is the principal at and, Western. Native. But I think he he he, yeah, graduated. he graduated from Evans in, in Orlando. Orlando, yeah, exactly. So, you know, obviously, you know, knows the whole state presumably pretty well. And uh, his his bachelor's degree from Purdue was in uh, technology leadership and innovation. What does that mean? I don't know. He worked at Deloitte a couple, for a couple of years apparently before. He yeah, got yeah, yeah. So that's kind of neat. Yeah, that's kind of neat. Also. Um, Manny said he's a sharp defensive mind. 
and relentless recruiter. So uh, there's nothing wrong with that. And uh, I, I just don't believe Manny would hire anybody who he doesn't think, who he doesn't have faith in. Yeah. Uh, we should note, he is actually now the outside linebackers coach slash strikers coach. Uh, Jonathan Packey, who had been the strikers coach, moves to inside linebackers coach and, and keeps his special teams uh, coordinator duties. Right. Obviously, T. Will was the inside linebackers coach. Um, so it's, you know, continued reshuffling at a spot that I think a couple of weeks ago, I, I said I felt like Travis Williams was kind of the most important hire they made. So obviously, you know, it's a shame yeah. going uh, because that's a position that needs a lot of uh, work. work right away. Right. Like, like there are certain yeah. spots where like, you know, the cornerbacks T Rob, I, I, I think they're like got some talent there. Like, and T Rob's job is going to obviously be to, to maximize guys like Al Blades and, and DJ Ivy who have kind of shown flashes. Um, but his job is really to kind of restock the talent long-term at that spot, uh, a spot that has just not been recruited particularly well for the last uh, three or four years. Um, whereas the linebacker spot, they definitely have to recruit that spot. That's important. And that was, you know, that's theoretically something that coach Ish will do well, something that T will was expected to do well. Um, but T will was coming in. And, and I think a lot of the excitement there was like, you know, he developed all conference level, uh, linebackers at Auburn, Miami needed someone to kind of take that leap and, and be the leader of that linebacker group where there was just, you know, a lot of like guys who were okay, but, but no, you know, obviously they gave up a record setting rushing yard day to North Carolina in the regular season finale. Like they, that position needs a lot of work. Uh, so coach ish has kind of his work cut out for him there. And that is, you know, if, if this defense struggles again, a lot of it'll probably fall on just how ready he is to, you know, turn a group of, you know, contributors into a, a strength of that defense. Um, frankly, I just had a lot more faith in, in T will to do it than coach ish, but not because like, I think coach ish is a bad coach. Just we've never seen him do it. And, uh, you know, for all we know, he could be incredible uh, X's and O's uh, schematic coach. Um, we just don't know for sure. Right. I th and by the way, I have breaking news right now. Um, his his last name is pronounced Aristide. Aristide. Okay. Aristide. That was and and C so C our C option was ish. I think our I, B might have been Aristide. We, we kind of settled on Aristide. I just mispronounced it at the very top here. So. Well, you didn't know. I mean, nobody really knew. But yeah. I just just breaking. I just got it from uh, from a uh, from an inside source. Who knows. <laughs> But yeah, so um, I'm excited to see what he can do, but, you know, obviously it's, and, and I think Miami has hopefully made the most of another vacancy here, but you know, it's, I was pretty excited for T will like to see what he was going to do with the staff. And, and that's yeah. it remains just a little bit of a shame there. Me too. I keep seeing his tweets all over the place. I finally had to stop, not stop following him, but you know, I got all his tweets that would pop up notifications. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I kind of toned that down on the notifications. Uh -huh. Anyway, yeah, I, we'll, we'll have to see what happens. I mean, I, there, either way, David, the linebackers is the position that needs the most work. Yeah. Um, on defense. And honestly, maybe Packy moving to focus with the inside guys will help too, because the strikers were good last year. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be – and I think, I think T – 
T-Rob will help also. And Manny will, I, I yeah, have a, Manny was a linebackers guy too. Manny was a linebackers coach. I, I, I just think, yeah, I think we'll have to, I, a lot of it has to do with the personnel and we'll just, we'll see how they, how they do. But um, yeah, I'm kind of excited to see this new defensive lineup. Yeah. And um, as far as personnel goes, I, I do think, you know, T will, like I said, the, the thing that was good about him was he's a proven recruiter and a proven coach and you kind of had faith in him to do both. I do still have faith in uh, coach Aristide to um, <laughs> recruit. Well, like the personnel there is going to improve. Right. I think I mentioned it last week. They only have one former four-star uh, linebacker on the roster. Right. And that's Avery Huff, who has, done, has not played a lot so far in his uh, – really one year because he was a redshirt his freshman year, academic redshirt. Um, I, I think the linebacker recruiting will improve with Aristide in the building um, because – he has a uh, reputation as a guy that, you know, we've obviously mentioned all his connections to South Florida, but in his two years at, at Texas A&M, like Texas A&M has recruited South Florida about as well as anyone not named Miami, Florida, Florida State, mm-hmm. Alabama, Clemson. Like they're that, and honestly, like they're maybe even better than a school. They may have even recruited the area a little bit better than a school like Clemson, Um that is, or even Alabama that have kind of recruited, obviously recruit on a more national level. Three of their biggest recruits they've signed in the last couple of years have been Miami guys, which is, yeah, yeah, that's obviously, you know, Aristide did not go on the road recruiting as an analyst, but um, my understanding is he was a big factor in, in landing some of those guys. Well, we, we shall soon see. And um, again, I think it's going to be a whole team effort personally. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the recruiting as a whole, I think, should be improved. Um, those three, I guess I should mention, that signed uh, with Texas a in the last couple of years. Last, uh, this most recent cycle, two guys from Miami Central, uh, Amari Daniels, a running back, and Yule Keith Brown, a athlete, wide receiver, cornerback guy. Um, obviously, Miami recruits Central well. It's another one of those inner city schools like uh, Miami Northwestern. So you know he's – you know, he's got the inroads there. Um, then the other one in the class of 2020 was uh, Donnell Harris, who I think was like a top 50 overall recruit, maybe uh, defensive end edge rusher who was actually committed to Miami early on and decommitted and, and wound up with Texas A&M. So that was a, uh, a guy who might, they like legitimately beat out Miami to get him you know, with, with the two central guys. Like Miami was kind of in on them. But kind of, you know, they had their running back. They had their wide receivers. By the time that those guys were ready to commit, um, they legitimately beat out Miami to, to get Donnell Harris. And, um, you know, a guy like that, you'd probably, you know, he'd almost certainly be a defensive end at Miami. But a guy like that would is the kind of guy that Miami has to uh, keep home to, to keep up with Clemson and, and the rest of the teams that they're chasing. For sure. Yeah. Um, anything else kind of interests you about him? You wrote about him, you know, just kind of the news story on him signing. Was there? Yeah. I, 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 you know, I'd like to find out more about his path to Orlando and, uh, um, and I, the thing that interests, interests me is, uh, you know, his, his dad being the principal that really interests me. Um, and you know, what kind of, uh, 
you know, home he grew up in and, and the stressing education and how he got into football and all that. And, you know, I'll learn that soon as, you know, we, we all will as soon as we talk to him, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. He obviously, um, yeah. When he went up in Orlando, you know, he, like I said, it'll help that he's probably got some ties to the Orlando area still. Um, But yeah, I'm curious where, you know, did he play at Northwestern for a couple of years? Like there's all that, not that it'll like matter ultimately in the wrong run, long run, but I'm interested to kind of find out more about his background. Well, you he also, know he, he also, the dad I'm sorry. Was, presumably and all that stuff. Gotcha. Sorry, David. I, I also, uh, you know, he didn't, he didn't play linebacker at least. Yeah. He didn't. I mean, that interests me. I, I, maybe he did in high school or something. I don't know. He yeah. didn't, didn't play linebacker at, a. Purdue, who was a safety, I think. So, um, yeah. you know, it's. I'm always fascinated. I remember when I was at Syracuse, uh, Scott Schaefer became the coach. Um, I remember that. Defensive coordinator. Um, but he was like a college quarterback. Like sometimes these guys, because I think what they do is a lot of times they like guys to, if they want to go on that full like head coaching path, you got to learn both sides of the ball eventually. So sometimes these guys, get their starts coaching the opposite side of the ball to learn and, and kind of fall in love with it. So, I, you know, the, and he's a guy who clearly, um, you know, he's at 30 or whatever, he's going to be a position coach for Miami. Like he's on a pretty good trajectory early on in his career, certainly. And it, yeah. And it may also make sense. I always think of this, that the, the, the coaches, uh, all the coaches, that are on one side of the ball. I mean, what they're really doing is watching the other side of the ball. Right, yep. They're coaching their guys, but when they're game planning and scheming, they're, they're, they're looking at the other side of the ball. So they're really experts uh, both ways, really. Yeah. Yeah. And again, like we mentioned, he's all big, all academic, big 10 guy, obviously the son of an educator. Like he's got a lot of the traits that make you think he's a, he's a pretty smart guy. And, yeah. and he's certainly attracted to that also when he's looking for coaches. And it, it's, he was, um, yeah, he ran track yep. uh, for Purdue, which is cool. And, and he, um, he was a runner up for st- Purdue student body president, which I don't know. I like all that. That's, that's interesting to yeah, me. Yeah, He's got a pretty interesting resume. Uh, it'll be interesting to see the kind of guys he uh, values, like the types of players he wants to go after basically. Um, yeah. Because, you know, as we've mentioned with Manny a lot in the past is he's been such a good self-evaluator. I think one thing that, you know, Travis Williams was going to certainly emphasize was was a little bit more speed at that linebacker spot, um, which is something that, you know, even with a really good like Shaq Pinckney group, like that that sideline to sideline to speed was really lacking. Those guys were really good in run support, a little bit shakier in coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of the sideline to sideline run stopping really exposed, obviously against um, North Carolina. Um, I think T. Will, like I said, valued that sideline to sideline speed. You know, he was a an undersized linebacker when he played at Auburn, uh, who had that lateral quickness. Um, I would assume that Manny is going after a linebacker that has that similar philosophy, but we just don't know for sure again, because he's, he's never really coached a position um, and never been like fully responsible for recruiting linebackers. You know, like those, those three South Florida guys, I mentioned that he signed at, te- at Texas A&M who were all 
high school All-Americans. None of those guys were, were linebackers. So um, a lot of question marks around him, but like a lot of, you know, obviously like that recruiting is a big plus in his category and clearly one of the things Manny is valuing most right now. And, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of just promise, I think there that, that we just won't know about um, for, for a little while. Yeah. Which is fun for us at least. Yeah. This is another thing to watch in, in, yep. in spring. All right, let's talk some baseball. Um, I was kind of out of the loop over the weekend, uh, out of town. Um, but I was obviously following your stories, following all, all the games. Um, what, what stood out to you most from that series win? Miami, second straight year, they've jumped up to number one in a, in a major poll after the mm-hmm. first weekend of the year. And this week, they, they certainly deserve it. Yeah, I you know, well, there are six polls, so... Right. There's a lot, but they're up and down, but I, but I, uh, you know, like I think baseball America has a number three yep. and I think, uh, do you want baseball? I think which had them at 21. Yeah. I think now have them maybe at six. I've got, I, I got to look again. But... Baseball, which does have them at one, I believe had them the highest yeah. entering. The yes. I remember correctly. I think they were like sixth. Six. They were six. Yeah. And they went to number one. I, I, I mean, um, what stood out to me is what I love the most about any team, any sports team like this is that th- th- they had no quit. They yeah. just, fought and fought. I, I mean, it was frustrating cause it took them a while except for, um, except for finally the last game when they got out to a five, nothing lead, but it took them a while to get into it, to get started going, but they never gave up. They never gave up. They they um, they fought and scrapped and came back. And I, the 13 inning game was amazing. The second game um, and they have a lot of, there are a lot of players because of course everybody was invited back, you know, the NCAA, just like in football, everybody gets a freebie, a free year. So they stayed the same exact class they were in last year. Um, and, you know, tons of kids, a lot of pitchers and, uh, it was uh, it was fun to watch Gino Damari, the coach at work, you know, substituting guys in and putting different pitchers in, and it was fun to to see what guys were going in when. Um, but yeah, there's just no fight in them. I think that's what everybody noticed. I, you know, some of the negative things were which Gino Gino noticed too. We t- I talked to him about this. I mean, the fielding wasn't great. Yeah, at times the base running big weakness for them last year. What was yeah, but the, here's the thing: the first game, it's like, I, I mean, the first game. There's you know 50 games. They have 50 regular season games, and that was the f- first, second, and third game um, against like by far the the most talented unanimous preseason number one. I think all six polls had them number all, one. Everyone named them. Yep number one and they deserve to be number one and they're really good um un- I, oh my god the pitching on florida whoo they got some like guys pitching 99 miles an hour 97 miles an hour they, they look really good um but but um one two out of three i love that um and 
you know, they're just, they're just going to have to improve in their fielding and their, in their base running, uh, which hopefully they will. Cause I've seen years where they really messed up their fielding. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed like it was kind of the inverse of the Florida series last year where they, you know, they lost, I think two games in extras and in the third yeah. game, the game time run at the plate at the end of the game. Um, and, you know, in some of those games, they were blowing leads or, you know, once they got to extras, just kind of like, I don't want to say like fell apart, but just, you know, they obviously, when you lose an extras, it means you're not getting the clutch hit when you need it. The other team is. Um, and this they, year obviously was different. They had a couple, you know, they had comebacks um, really the first two games, even in the loss, right. They, they kind of made a, a late push uh, that fell short. Yes, yes, yes. In the last inning, I think they, I, to, I think they scored three runs in the last inning. So like, it's a little more different than than last year, where they were kind of coming out and losing in a close game. It's a reminder that, like, even though they got swept last year, like, they were probably I don't know what they what did they finish the year at last year, like six or something, like right twelve right, and seven, something like that. No, I think, but I think they they were twelve and four. That was their final. Yeah, with three of those losses to Florida. like Three of them were against UF, yeah. So They got swept by Florida last year. They were not very far off from Florida last year. And, and this is right. another reminder. They, they took two of three. These teams are probably really even, and you know, there's a good chance we're going to see them in Omaha in a couple months. Or, well, I wouldn't go that far. Wherever, wherever they're Too playing. early, too early. But I also – it's fun to watch the kids. It's fun to, you know, baseball. There are no helmets – other than when they're batting, you know, or running, yeah. whatever they, 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 um, you can see what they look like. It's fun. I, I, a couple of kids that stuck, stuck out, um, you know, their, their elite player, Christian, uh, not Christian, me, Del Castillo, um, who's, who is a, like a top, top, like a top yeah, potential top five pick potential. Yeah. Yeah. Um, definitely first round uh, pick in the draft. So he's only a sophomore. Uh, actually, they're, I guess, uh, is it a sophomore or is he a freshman? Third year, he's a sophomore. Oh, third year sophomore, right. Uh, so his older brother, his older brother, who's a graduate transfer, um, Christian, joined the team. From Seton Hall. For, hey, New Jersey. New Jersey. From Seton Hall, and um, and he's really good. He's really good. I mean, he got he got ACC Player of the Week, Co Player of the Week. Uh, he's hitting now at three thirty three. You know, he played all three games. Um, he's now fielder. Uh, had four hits and twelve at bats. You know, he had a double, six RBIs. Um, he's good, man. Yeah. And and yeah, so that's kind of fun. Well, yeah, I, I actually want to I want to talk about this whole group of newcomers um, because they lost. You know, they didn't lose that much in the lineup. I think eight of their nine like guys who led the team in at bats or whatever are all back. Um, mm-hmm. The pitching staff, though, obviously they lost all three of their you know weekend starters uh, who are now in the minors. Two of them got drafted, and a third who was their ace last year is in the Red Sox system. Um, right. You're going undrafted in that shortened five round draft. Um, so, you know, one of the big stories when we just talked to Gino pregame, because, you know, normally we would have probably seen a couple practices. Uh, mm-hmm. We obviously hadn't seen anything um, 
They have two freshman starters who, particularly Victor Madero, seemed like he was really good over the weekend. Um, they've got a couple freshman hitters who are going to play this year, C.J. Kafis, um, Yohandi Morales, right? Morales. Yeah, who, who made a really good – Kafis made a really good – he made a, like, a, a game-ending uh, double play that won the – I yeah. mean, it definitely could have been a, kid, a hit, excuse me, that won the second game. Yeah, so those young guys, I think, will help the defense. They, uh, I think Morales is supposed to be a really good uh, defensive middle infielder. Um, you know, they had the number one recruiting class in Baseball America, but you mentioned Christian Del Castillo and a guy you wrote about today, uh, Ben Wanger. They've also got some really, like, fun transfers. Like, the, the freshmen obviously get a lot of the shine because, you know, that's the future of this team. They're, you know, they're for the next – two or three right. basically assure that Miami is going to be a perennial top 10 team or whatever. Um, but those two transfers, Christian Del Castillo, who was um, uh, like you said, player of the week and Ben Wanger, who got the win on Saturday in that extra inning game. Uh, and is going to be a really important receiver, DH type guy for them. Um, those guys are like fill huge needs for this team uh, this year. Um, and I, I think it makes yep. it a fun a fun group of newcomers uh, to, to think about because because of the mix of the guys who are the freshmen who are going to be here for years to come and those older guys who uh, just elevate this team in the short term. They also have a really good closer. Like, he's excellent. This kid, Carson pa- uh, Palmquist. Yeah, I remember he was really impressive in his, like, limited action. He's good, man. From my so he, has a, he had two appearances this past week. He pitched four innings, gave it one hit in four innings. Yeah. Struck one, struck out four. Excuse me, walked one. I meant. Yeah, from Fort Myers. He was a big recruit. I remember coming in. Yeah, they hit seventy-seven against him this weekend, and he obviously has a zero point zero zero ERA. Yeah, and he's good. He's really good. So it's it, and then you've got the Wanger. Uh, yeah, that, that's your new favorite, Ben Wanger. That's my new favorite. Yeah, that's my new favorite. He's yeah. How could how could it not be my favorite? Right. He went to Yale. And uh, he started at Yale, was at USC last year, right? And had yeah, a- he was at USC. And what was cool about that is he was he led the Pac 12 and hit it. I know there were it was only he played like 15 games or whatever, yeah, but he led the Pac 12 in hitting, it doesn't matter. He led all the teams in hitting over 400, you know, batting average. And and he's a two way player, he also, you know, he's a two way player, so he he now. At UM, he will not play first base unless like everything happens to every first baseman because uh-huh. they have too many. But um, he is a first baseman. Uh, he 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 will be a designated hitter and he will be a setup guy. Who Gino's you know told me uh, could easily if something happens to Palmquist, he would go probably into the closers role. So, I mean, and and you know the idea that he. Got his degree, undergrad degree in Yale, then started at USC in a very shortened season. Mm-hmm. And comes here, and and he's a member of the. He's going to be in the Olympics. Yeah, um, that's really cool. He's on the Israeli, on the Israeli national team, baseball team, um, with you know Danny Valencia, who played was a star at UM and played nine years in the major leagues. Yep. Um, together, he had to go to Israel and. Uh, obviously he's Jewish. He had to go to Israel and, um, uh, you know, um, 
give, get all his papers in order. You have to go there and prove that at least one of your grandparents, your parents, you're Jewish. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, it, it was interesting talking to him. I, you know, his family, how about the family? His mom is a medical doctor who's a rheumatologist. She played at Brown field hockey lacrosse. His dad, who's a lawyer, <laughs> played baseball at Harvard. His sister, who's like a counsel to the New Jersey attorney general, played base, uh, basketball at Yale. And his brother uh, played football at Bowdoin, which is a great, uh, yeah. you know, a great general whatever undergrad school and um it's just and he lives right near heartbreak hill which because i covered marathons the boston marathon for years so he's a few minutes walk from heartbreak hill anybody that knows the boston marathon that's where he grew up outside of boston and newton and um i love he's just obviously a brilliant guy um and loves playing baseball i mean you know he's and 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 I said that he's, he said that his, uh, <laughs> his favorite food is, um, quote, an everything bagel with cream cheese and locks. So, <laughs> and, and he's, he told me that he's, that's still his favorite food, but he's really excited to, uh, to skate out, skate out for a few seconds and get, and try the Mark Light shakes. Yeah. <laughs> we wanted to get Ben Wanger on for our, uh, like, um, Yom Kippur episode in, in the fall. Oh yeah, and 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 Yom Kippur, he gave his. I don't. In my story, it leads with he was playing for Team Israel. Yeah. Qualifying for the Olympics in Germany, in Germany, and um, he makes the final out as the first baseman, and he takes the ball, and he stuffs it in his back pocket, and then he brings it back to the states. They still had to play in Italy after that, and you know they were all over the place. He stuffed it in his pocket, saved it, and he gave it to his grandmother who lives, it turns out she lives in Key Biscayne during the winters, um, his grandma and grandpa, and he gave it to her on Yom Kippur. all good old Jewish women. Yeah, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. It's the holiest day of the Jewish year. He gave her the, the, the baseball that he caught in Germany, you know, on the Israeli team, and... Um, kind of connected to his Jewish heritage and his grandma and uh it's just it's all of it is very very nice story mm-hmm. yeah so check out Susan's story on that you can it's already up on uh, miamiherald.com um and in print I guess Friday is it going in print on Friday is that the plan yes it is all right so check it out in, in the newspaper get it there too um <laughs> What do you think of the freshman pitchers? Because those guys are, you know, it's, it's important Good. that Langer and Del Castillo are, are going to be. We know Miami can hit. We know they've got a lot of arms in the bullpen. Um, I think we know Fetterman's going to be pretty solid. What, what do you think of those two freshmen? I think they, they, I think they're both good. I think they're, I, I know that uh, Rosario, Alejandro Rosario um, pitched four innings, gave up six hits. So I, yeah, I think they're both really impressive, actually. Carlos mm-hmm. was like super impressive. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think they're going to be really good. I mean, can you imagine being, being fre- true freshmen? And Your first start, start at the, in, against the Gators. Yeah. Like, at, at Florida. That has to be yeah. brand new ballpark. You know, it's cool. Yeah. I think they're going to be good. I think, uh, I think UM, again, if they can get their, 
you know, they made, they made eight errors. Yeah. That's not good. It's way too many errors. And, um, and they made some, uh, somebody from Florida, I can't remember who was in a pickle and, and they screwed up. You haven't screwed up. Uh, uh, so with that, and they've, they've just got to get that together. But I really think if Gino does it right and they, and, and they go over all that stuff really heavily. Um, and yeah, as you, you've written, right? About Norbota, Norberto, right? Lopez, yeah. his name? Yep. They do all kinds of cool things at UM yeah. in, in training with hitting and all, 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 this, all their practicing. They have some cool uh, techniques they use. Um, I think they're going to be okay. And I think the young pitching is going to be great. Uh, much needed reprieve of like having a good team because basketball season has been just an absolute dud for Miami. Got killed by oh my Florida God. State last night. They're down to like six scholarship guys. Oh, horrible. Chris Likes, fellow DC native, has not played very much this year with an ankle injury. Um, yeah, Laranaga yeah. called it miserable. Miserable. Yeah, a miserable situation. A very miserable situation was this. Very miserable. Yeah. Um, which sucks because it's been the story of the last three years. And, you know, you, you keep thinking that like well, one of these days they'll snap out of it and get healthy and be pretty good. But uh, it's three years running basically now, just like cursed seasons. Um, yeah. And, and Lauren Aga, I think is such a great coach. Yeah. Um, Again, I'm, you know, I'm a DC guy. I was around when there's that George Mason run, like for people who, who I've talked to just like think he's like, like not even Miami people, just people around college basketball, like think he's well, one of the best. Respected. Yeah. 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 He's really, really good. So, and he's a great guy. He's very smart. So uh, it's good to have baseball because that's another team to, that hopefully people will check out on. People have checked out on Miami basketball a while ago. Uh, yeah. It'll be worth paying attention to all, all spring and into the summer. Well, I have to, and I have to, I'm just throwing this in from, from left field, as they say, um, uh, the UM. I saw today that the UM tennis team, um, which I think Paige Roshik choose, who's the coach, is one of the best coaches mm-hmm. at UM. Period. Out of any coach, she's so phenomenal. Um, and they, obviously, uh, uh, Estella Perez Somariba. Is that how you pronounce the the name? I don't. The, uh, the national champion a couple. I, Yes, 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 yes. So, all, all, um, they had to cancel this this weekend. I think they were playing Duke. I have to look. Uh, Duke and somebody else. Right, yep. Teams that were ranked high. Miami had to cancel because of COVID. Uh, yep. have, that Miami has COVID issues. So oh, yeah, I, that's a good point. Like, yeah, that will it affect football, the start of spring practice or. Yeah, no, that's I know that sounds funny, but um, yeah, no, it's worth worth noting. These people all share facilities. Athletes tend to hang out together, even across sports. Like that's just kind of like they're friends because exactly. Yeah, they're they're you know. Um, yeah, it's a good point. So I like right away. I thought, ee. yeah, uh, Wake Forest and ninth rank. I'm, I don't know. I'm sorry. I thought it was Duke. Our matches this weekend against Wake Forest and ninth rank. North Carolina State have been postponed. Um, is it? And I think it's. I think it's. I think it's. Yeah, it's women's. It's women's. Yep. Um, 
because of uh, the program is here today. Subsequent quarantining contract, uh, tr contract tracing. Um, yeah, follow, oh, the postponements follow positive tests, subsequent quarantining. So who knows? Like you said, these athletes are all friends. They do all hang out. They're all, I think they're in the same facilities, right? They eat in the, I think they eat in the same, yeah. same I don't know about now though, honestly, but. Yeah. But you know, they're, they're, and they're meeting with the same trainers and all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Another good point. Yeah. So right away when I saw that, I was like, eh. Yeah. So yeah. we'll see what affects baseball. Uh, yes, exactly. Time before spring, but. And it seems like most of those guys have uh, had it already at this point. So, uh, well, who the football? You mean? Yeah, football. football. Yeah, but you don't think of you know. It's funny, David. You forget we were talking at the very beginning about being vaccine vaccinated and uh -huh. all, and you forget. Um, we we wrote so much about COVID, so yeah. much it affected the football season so heavily, um, and I guess it's affecting the basketball season, right? I mean, or across the country, or has yeah, the country, certainly. So you're just like, you you kind of do forget. You do take it for granted a little when you you forget. Like you and I, we wondered every week, every week. That's a report, right? An hour before the game, who's who's going to be out, who might have COVID, and now, like even for baseball, I know there are teams that have been affected by it. So you just. Mm -hmm keep your fingers crossed that's all these guys have to stay vigilant and i think it's really hard for undergrad for um for undergraduates you know for yeah. for kids who are 18 to 23 or whatever to 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 be very village vigilant excuse me uh, you can follow susan on twitter at s miller degnan are you going, going out to mark light this weekend or no they're in virginia no. right this weekend no they're uh, they're not right they're, they're not allowed Gotcha. we're not we can't everything is um virtual gotcha well, only no, i think more late shake this weekend for you no only the um broadcasters i think can go yeah. so well that'll be uh they get virginia tech this weekend right virginia tech's three and oh yep yeah so that'll be a good uh little opening acc series uh yep. follow me on twitter at db wilson too i'm holed up in lakeland for most of the next two weeks for uh high school basketball um so if you're into that check me out on twitter and at miamiherald.com uh thanks as always for listening everyone and uh, we will talk to you next week talk to you next week